Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class. A short Bible study, about 13 or 14 minutes. That's all, but every day, seven days a week. Keeping us in God's Word, and that's important for our faith because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. And it's important for our relationship with God because being in His Word every day keeps us focused on our relationship with Him. And it's also important for our soul's salvation, our spiritual life, because it helps keep us focused on our spiritual life. Help somebody in your life turn their lives around. You know who they are. Help them by sharing these studies with them every day through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means. You may help somebody transform spiritually. You may help somebody get to heaven. So make that commitment and start sharing today. We're going to finish up our line of thought and study talking about man's own worst enemy, and that's man himself. Just think about we, we talk about the, the tragedies of war, the horrors of war. Who starts wars? Man. Who fights wars? Man. I'm talking about mankind. I'm talking about humanity. What generates the, the initiation of those wars? Hatred, envy, greediness, anger. And those are... Those are the result of who? Whose emotions? Man. We are our own worst enemy. But we don't have to be. We can walk with God, following the teachings that he has given us in our life's manual, the Bible, and we can live a virtuous life. We can live a life that is, it is kind of anchored in a joy that living any other kind of life does not offer. We seek peace between nations. We seek peace within relationships. We seek peace with people in general. But God offers us a peace that is beyond understanding, that is only found in Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior, Philippians chapter 4, verse 7. Sin is abnormal behavior because God created us to live righteous lives, sinless lives. He created us in his own image after his likeness, Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 28. Living in wickedness is harder on a person in the long run than living a righteous life before God because sin has its consequences. How many marriages, families have fallen apart, have been broken because either a husband or a wife could not control themselves? I should not say could not. They would not control themselves from committing fornication, sexual immorality with someone else to whom they were not married. And so the marriage relationship dissolved. And the children suffered as a result. And make no mistake, the children always suffer. It's easier to live the righteous life, the life of faithful obedience before God, than to live a life of continued sinfulness. 
And that continued sinfulness bears consequences that people usually don't think about. But they're there anyway. The ultimate ultimate consequence is eternal condemnation in hell. But along the way, they suffer through crime. They suffer through the results of relationships being weakened or broken altogether through lies and envy and, 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 you know, not stay, you know, disloyalty, lack of commitment. They suffer through health situations that are a result of some of their sinful pursuits. We could go on and on. Sin, as we said, when a person says, okay, I did that. Yeah, okay, that's over. Well, sin may not be through with you when you decide you get through with sin. Somebody commits a criminal act of theft, and they say, that's it, just one time. That's all there is. I'm I'm never going to do that again. And then they end up being found out, hunted down, put in jail for years to come. And that has kind of tentacle effects of affecting their relationships in other ways, People end up not trusting them. Their marriage falls apart. Their children, their children not only disapprove of them, they disrespect them because of what they've done. And they may suffer other consequences just by being in jail. And some of those may be psychological that will go on for a long time, for years to come, even after they get out of jail. Sin may not be done with you when you're done with sin. However short a time we give it in our life, however hastily we flee it, however skillfully we try to cover it up, sin ultimately tracks us down and dogs us later in life. Do not give the devil an opportunity. Short and sweet Ephesians 4 and verse 27 says, nor give place to the devil. The understanding there is you don't give him any place in your life. You don't give him any opportunity to influence you in your life in this world. When you start opening the door just a crack, he knows how to open that door wider and wider and keep bombarding you with temptations. Some of those really hit you in your weakest spots, and he knows how to hammer you in those spots incessantly, don't ever give him place in your life. Don't give in to the temptation to begin with. John Jortin, in Ecclesiastical History, related a story of a conversation between a father of the second century and an evil spirit in a Christian, whom he sought to expel. Upon inquiring how it dared to be so impudent as to enter a Christian, the evil spirit replied, I went not to church after him, but he came to the playhouse after me. And finding him upon my own ground, I sought to secure him for myself. Now we're talking about, obviously, a made-up situation. But we've seen those kinds of plays, those kinds of television programs, those kinds of movies. How does a person end up being possessed to do evil? He allowed himself to do evil somewhere back along the line. And that practice became more and more obsessive for him as he continued it 
on an ongoing basis. And not only that practice, but other evil practices, practices that it led him to. So it's not the idea that the devil seeks us out necessarily in the church building as we're worshiping God. He finds us in places where God is not necessarily. Now, God sees everything. But when you're in, a, in, in, in some location, some environment of outright sinfulness, wickedness, evil, well, the devil finds you there through practices that you know are wrong, but you're pursuing them anyway. That's where the devil finds you. While there is much to reject in that story, a fanciful story, the moral, deser- the moral deserves attention. We need to pray to be kept from temptation. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 13. And then not to contradict our prayers with our actions. Have you ever found yourself thinking, I don't want to do that? And maybe even uttering to God, God, please, please help me not to do that because you know it's wrong. But then you do it anyway. He that walks on the brink of a river or on the edge of a cliff may fall in or fall over. There is but a narrow bridge between lawful and unlawful. There is but a thin line often between righteousness and ungodliness. Sin's consequences follow sin. Did you get that? Sin's consequences follow sin, as surely as day follows night. An Eastern proverb says, curses like chickens always come home to roost. (laughs) Sinners indulge vague hopes of impunity. They act as though they said, the Lord does not see But you see, that's a quotation from Psalm 94 and verse 7. And that's what a whole lot of sinners are thinking. I'm doing this under the cover of darkness. Nobody's seeing. God's not going to see. Now, they may not say that out loud, but that's their thought. I'm, I'm, I'm doing this in secret. God sees all. There's no hiding from God. A lapse of time will not hide it. It has no statutes on limitations. Detection is sure because God sees and knows all. Hebrews 4 and verse 13. With modern equipment, training, and surveillance, only 45% of violent crimes lead to arrest and prosecution, perhaps even less than that. Only 17% of property crimes are cleared burglaries, arsons, car thefts. Only 34% of rapists are convicted. In earlier times, it was even worse. Many crimes were not only never solved, but never even suspected. But you see, no matter what man finds out, no matter what escapes man's judgment, and punishment, God sees all. God knows all. 
God does not have man's limitations. Don't let sin bring you down. Don't give in to its allurements. Remember again what James wrote in James chapter 1, beginning with verse 12. He said first, blessed is the man who endures temptation, that is without succumbing to it. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life. You're talking about a home in heaven. Verse 13, let no one say when he is tempted, I'm tempted by God. Now, don't blame, it, don't blame your sin on God. God's absolutely pure and righteous. God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires. When he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire, that person's desires, has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Who's to blame? The person. Who's our own worst enemy? We are. We make the choices, the decisions. We take the actions. Can't blame anybody else. We do it ourselves. Where's the hope? In Jesus Christ. He came to die on that cross so that you can be forgiven of your sins and be made new spiritually. Remember, you're created in God's image. God wants you back. Will you come to him? Jesus said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. You need that rest. You're looking for that rest. Sinfulness is not going to give it to you. The devil doesn't offer it to you. Escape those consequences of your bad choices and help other people to do the same by coming to God through Jesus Christ. We'd like to help you. You can contact us by phone at 402-498-8397. 402-498-8397. Or you can contact us through our website at churchofchrist.com. Churchofchrist.com. Click on the email link. Don't be your own worst enemy any longer. Come to Jesus. Let's pray. Father, help us to wake up, open our eyes and our hearts, and change our lives by coming to you through your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Help us to live by your teachings in your word. Help us, Father, to embrace that as our life's manual and guide us to live to your, to your glory. Please help us and protect us, Father, please. Please forgive us and hear our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.